We're having open and honest conversations about mental health and well-being. We should talk about it with Myra Ansari on Wave Now. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us here on Wave Now. I'm Myra Ansari here with Dr. Stephen Taylor from UofL Peace Hospital. We are talking about mental health with our new segment called We Should Talk About It. We want to talk about issues that are important to you and your mental health. And that's why I went straight to the expert here at UofL Peace Hospital. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Talk to us about May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And mm -hmm. even though we're winding down to the end of May, this is a topic we need to talk about all the time. And COVID kind of allowed us to talk more freely about mental health. This, both of those things are true. I mean, I do think that uh, mental health, well, I'm biased, right? I'm a psychiatrist and mental health is my, is my job and my life. But so I think that it's something we should always be talking about anyway. And certainly the pandemic has brought it to the forefront because I think we're all experiencing our mood in a very different way now. Absolutely. And I got to know Dr. Taylor from doing stories with you during the pandemic mm -hmm. through Zooms. And I honestly would feel like after our interviews that we would just sit and chat and I would have my one-on-one -on -one <laughs> session with you because you were so easy to talk to. Um, what is the message that you want folks in the community to know about mental health? Because people, you're not alone if you're struggling. Well, I think that's right. And I think you just sort of captured it in talking about talking, you know, after a news segment. Talking is so important. It's such a huge part of sort of helping us think about our mental health, talk about mental illness, talk about what's going on with us, and it does keep us from feeling so isolated and alone. You know, the, it's very um, powerful, the effect that our mental health can have on us and, and mental illness can have on us of isolating us and of how we might isolate ourselves. And we, we just miss out on so much, and there's just so much opportunity to connect and to be connected with each other that's so healing and so important. When we don't heal, when we don't pay attention to the signs that we're struggling, what happens? Well, things get worse, right? It's kind of like, what happens if I don't change the oil in my truck? And what happens if I don't put fuel in it and I don't take care of it? Well, it's going to fall apart. And in some ways, we're kind of the same way, right? Our mind is a very important part of who we are, and it has to be taken care of. It needs to be fed, too, just like our bodies do. So how do we know? I mean, so, you know, sometimes feeling up and down, that's just normal. That's with life. But how do you really know if you are struggling, struggling with a true mental health issue? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the million dollar question mm. um, because it's such a wide spectrum. You know, there's so much about our experience that it's normal to have a day where we don't feel good. It's normal to have a morning where we wake up and think, I don't want to get out of bed. Mm -hmm. I don't want to get up and start this day. Those things are normal. But it's when it really begins to impact our capacity to function. We really are isolated. We really are not spending time uh, with people that matter to us, are getting out and getting engaged. Those things are ways of knowing that something is going on. And particularly if we see a real change in ourselves or see a real change in the people around us, that we begin to notice that there's, there's real engagement that needs to happen. What are warning signs um, that you want folks to be aware of if there's a problem? Yeah, be aware of changes in moods, sudden changes in how you feel, uh, changes in the way people around you seem to be acting. Um, if, we're, if we have kids and we're watching our kids, thinking about, well, you know, how are the 
how are they behaving? Are they more withdrawn, more isolated? Are they, is there been a ch are they more irritable or more edgy? Those are signs that maybe there's something going on and something we need to address. So we're calling this segment, We Should Talk About It, because with mental health, there's been so much stigma of, you know, oh, I, I don't want to let people know that I'm struggling. I don't right. want people to know that I'm on medication. I don't want people to know that I'm seeing a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. Why are we so ashamed, do you think, in our culture? I know, big question. That is a big, how many episodes do we have? <laughs> yeah, we have as many as you want. And you know, the great thing with this right. is we can talk as long as you want. That's so, good. You know, yeah. I, I mean, I struggled with it. I, I didn't want to admit that I struggled sometimes. And you know, mm -hmm. it's it's just, I think we don't realize that sometimes we put on a, a face, but it's right. it's there for a lot of us. Yeah, I mean, it's such a huge question. You know, why is the stigma there? It is the million dollar question. I think some of it is about being vulnerable, you know, as a, as a human being that we have vulnerabilities that we have to deal with and we have to face. And that's not so easy. And it's hard for us to face those things and for us to be able to talk about it. That's the first piece. And I think the first piece of the stigma is to realize that, you know, so many of us um, can, can feel depressed, can feel anxious, can feel sad or blue, and it's a universal reality. And, if, and if, we can, if we can sort of stay connected and talk about it, then there's less likelihood of it being stigmatized. But it's also something that we're all, all very afraid of. You know, if we, 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 we tend to sort of medicalize a lot of things we see on TV. There's a mass shooting, and then, well, that was because they have a mental health problem. And so now all of a sudden, that's what mental health looks like. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's, I think it's a, a false image of what we're dealing with and what the world um, needs to understand about what we're doing. So mental health uh, and issues related to mental health can look different for everyone, and that's something that... that that's yeah. true, absolutely. It's, it's as individual as the individuals. So right. what do people do? I mean, I, so many people don't know, all right, well, how do I take that step? What do I do? Um, how do they get help? Well, there are so many ways to go about that, I think. You know, there are, we have a, you know, Peace Hospital is a psychiatric hospital that can be connected to, um, talking to your physician, talking to family members, therapists. If you have a therapist, you know that's somebody to talk to. There are hotlines available for talking to therapists and for connecting with physicians and for getting help. There are just so many resources out there mm -hmm. uh, that I think the first step is to just reach out and start, you know, start talking. What's something that you hear a lot from people here in our community? Uh, with respect to mental health? Yeah, or? what they're struggling with. Yeah, I mean, depression is big. That's probably the biggest thing that I see. And anxiety is pretty big, too. You know, that's, that's also um, something that I see a lot of uh, with, uh, with, with patients and hearing them talk about with, to me in my office. And, yeah, I think that that's probably the most common thing we've seen. And depression has gotten to be a much bigger thing uh, because of the pandemic. And so has anxiety. There's a lot of uncertainty. We don't know how this is going to go. Even the experts don't know how this is going to go. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty scary. We have a, a question from a, um, somebody that's watching us on Facebook. Uh, Timothy uh, West Sr. wants to know, when childhood trauma is involved, it is difficult to find good help. How would you address that, Dr. Taylor? That's a huge question. Um, yeah, you know, Timothy, I was thinking about your question about childhood trauma. And 
you know, I think sometimes we can experience trauma um, in our lives, and particularly for children, if it never gets addressed, it's something that we grow up with and we can be struggling with, we can struggle to find ways to cope with it. And um, I think finding someone to reach out to, having a therapist you can connect to, having somebody you can trust and talk to, even if you're involved in a religious community, having a minister that you can talk to, somebody that you trust, I think is an important first step in that and in trying to unravel that and talk about it. Childhood trauma is a really, um, it is a really prevalent thing in our community, more so than I think we want to admit, and tragically more so than we even see. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's something that does require a lot of special attention. And it can affect things throughout the entire lifespan. I'm thinking about your question, Timothy, and maybe one of the things you may be thinking about is how has the pandemic sort of stirred some of those feelings because oh, yeah. that's often what we see uh, with childhood trauma is that current life events can be triggers for stirring things that happen you know in childhood and that may be part of what's in the question too so timothy thank you so much for your question if you do have a question for dr taylor i would love to get it addressed um to get uh, some advice for you maybe dr taylor can point you in the right direction or just overall maybe make you feel a little bit better because sometimes we just need a listening ear, right? How much of that is true? A lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a big piece of it, actually. You know, having had, I think sometimes the work of the therapist is a little bit like being a, a guide on somebody's journey, kind of being a witness to their experience. We need a witness. Mm -hmm. You know, we need somebody who has seen us and understands our lives and understands our journey and takes it with us. And in some ways, I think that's kind of what therapy is for me uh, to some extent mm -hmm. for patients. There's somebody that's sharing your journey with you and understands you in that journey. Uh, what we were talking about childhood trauma, and it's interesting because I was um, talking to another parent this weekend and she had said that she was going to get her child therapy for anxiety. How important is it to identify these issues at a young age versus maybe thinking, oh, they'll grow out of it or it'll pass or it's a phase? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good question. And the earlier we intervene, the better the intervention is going to be. Right. So if we um, like for traumas, thinking about the childhood trauma question, trauma that's repeated over time changes the way the brain functions. So there's a real change in how the brain even works mm. um, with that kind of um, trauma over time. And so that's kind of the same thing for anxiety and for um, depressive disorders that, that happen and begin when we're young, is that over time they will change the way the brain works. The earlier you can intervene, the, the more impact you can have quicker uh, than when, when you intervene later. It's not that we can't have change later on too. Sure. It just takes a little bit longer. Yeah. And does that mean like, okay, if I, if I have a child, we're seeing a therapist, uh, that this is a journey that we're going to have to be on for the rest of our lives? Or do sometimes people get better? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes to both. I mean, in some ways, yeah, it can be a lifelong journey. Uh, change takes time. Just like the insult of trauma takes time to change the way the brain works, recovery takes time too. And so that, that recovery journey can be very long. It can take a long time. 
or it could be brief. It depends. You know, it just depends on the circumstances and what's happening uh, in the particular scenario. So, so for some people, it can be a lifelong thing. You know, you can be you can be with it for the rest of your life. <laughs> and for some people, yeah, it might just be a few months. It just depends on what we're talking about. All right, Timothy's got another question for us. Thank you, Timothy. All I right. appreciate your engagement. So he says, "What is Dr. Taylor's opinion on the PTSD Coach app, which I rely on to help stay grounded?" when flashbacks happen. Uh, I've used motivational apps. Sometimes mm -hmm. I need a positive quote to get me through the day, or I listen to um, uh, podcasts that kind of, you know, positive um, vibes that you get from that. Do right. those things help us? For sure. Yeah, you know, there's, um, there's a kind of a therapy style called cognitive behavioral therapy. And what CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy does is it looks at, um, uh, it, it, it looks at schemas or the ways we think about things, and it helps us be objective about it, come up with things that may be true or not true about it, and then sort of recouch how we think about it. I don't know this particular app, Timothy, but it sounds like you might be doing something kind of like that with it, where it's helping you structure the way you think about things and, uh, and, and develop a new technique for thinking differently about it. And I was also noticing that you were saying that it was 22 years uh, of a journey. I think mm. that I think that's right. You know, yeah. that can sometimes be the way the journey is for folks. That's yeah. that's not that's not out of out of what's normal. We live in a culture that thinks things are going to be fixed right away. Oh yeah, right, right, so absolutely. As, as soon as I turn on my computer, I've got my solution, and I'm moving on to something new. And the truth of the matter is, in mental health and with um, and with therapeutic work is change can happen, but change takes a long time. It takes a long time to happen. And, and as Timothy was saying, yeah, 22 years, that can be true. And that, that makes sense. How much of consistency matters with mental health? You know, if it's something that you find that works for you, um, whether it's exercise, whether it's um, therapy, whether it's um, scaling back things in your life that have been stressing you out, right. how important is to keep that solution going? Yeah, you know, the mind and the body are connected. Um, I was having a conversation with somebody not too long ago about, you know, where is the mind? You know, we think about it. Is the mind just a thing that's contained in our brains or is it in our whole body? There was a, a famous book. I say famous. I don't know if anybody knows this <laughs> book. Uh, there was a book written called The, the Body Keeps the Score. And, um, and in this book, the writer talks about the connection between the mind and the body with trauma, mm -hmm. as, as trauma is a factor. And, um, you know, the body remembers and the mind forgets often. And I think a lot of times folks who suffer trauma may be aware of this in their own experience, that there's something physical they feel, but they don't necessarily have a memory of the trauma itself, or they, okay. don't, they don't find themselves thinking about it. But their body remembers. Something physical remains long-term. And part of work in trauma is to reconnect the mind and the body to kind of get us living in our bodies, not just our heads. So what can happen? Is it like you freeze? Is it like you have a reaction? Or how, what's that I, like? I think all those things can be true. Yeah. It can be feeling frozen. It can be feeling disconnected from yourself. One of the defenses often in trauma is to dissociate from our bodies as a way of protecting ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the thing that I think about is this sort of image in my mind of having survived an, an airline crash or something. You know, you just, you, you find yourself walking around in a field and wondering, 
how did I get here? What mm-hmm. happened? What happened? But there was this whole event that took place that you were a part of, but you just don't remember it. And, and that's kind of what can happen in trauma. But the body was there. The body remembers it all. And so reconnecting the mind and that body and that experience is part of the work of trauma. That's really interesting because I can relate to that. If you suffer from something traumatic, it's hard to remember all of the details exactly. of what happened. Exactly. And if you listen to somebody who suffered a trauma like that relate what they remember, it can be kind of disconnected in their mind mm-hmm. because the way they're remembering it is kind of like snapshots. Yeah. They're not really remembering a narrative. It's not like they're not like a camera that was sitting there recording the event mm-hmm. and it's just a matter of recapping the footage to see what happened. Mm-hmm. It's just snapshots. And each snapshot contains a tremendous amount of detail that they can remember. Remember, but they may not remember the order of things. That's that's pretty common. And trauma for everybody can be it, it can be physical, it can be mental, exactly. it can be um, just something you experience, right. or witness. Right, walking down the street and seeing a terrible accident, mm-hmm. um, or being involved in a terrible accident, or a uh, as so as so many in our community face with gun violence, you experience trauma right. from that. Absolutely, yeah, just. Just being in the vicinity of it is part of the experience of it. Being, being a reporter and mm-hmm. going to cover the story afterwards can be part of the trauma. I Absolutely. Mean, there's, there's so many ways that can be experienced. Absolutely. That is so incredibly true. I, mm-hmm. I can tell you from stories that I've covered, there's times where I, I didn't know what to do with what I had right. in, in my in my lap, if that makes any sense. I, I just felt like there was so much grief and what do you do right. with it? You right. know, what do exactly. you do? And it yeah. was hard to process. I think also that's contained in this, I'm just thinking about this now, is how, um, how infusing it is in a community, right? You were thinking about gun violence and let's say you're in the neighborhood where a, a shooting happens. That's a large number of people who are affected by that single event. Mm-hmm. So that makes it pretty, it makes it a pretty wide scope. Mm-hmm. Um, the police who investigate it, the, the, the news reporters, the investigative journalists who are there, all of them are experiencing it in some way. So it's a large group of people who can be involved and be affected by that. How much, we were talking about trauma and remembering, and Timothy has another question, but like struggling to remember things. Do you need to force yourself to try to remember or what's the best thing there? Well, I think forcing yourself to remember is like re-traumatizing yourself. And I think that can sometimes be part of what can happen in a therapeutic alliance. If the therapist is too insistent on give me the details, mm-hmm. you know, tell me more, say more about your story, instead of letting you unroll the story in your own time, in your own way. Yeah, you know, Timothy is talking about how it's hard to remember the timeline of events, and that's very common in trauma, uh, to not remember the timeline and the order of things. It's less important for me as a therapist to hear the, the timeline from point A to point Z than it is to just Tell me about your experience. Let's mm-hmm. talk about what your Overall. Yeah, tell me what's in your mind. Tell me what you're thinking about. Talk about your experience. Those things often will come back, and the, and, the, and the blanks will get filled in over time. I'm not worried about that happening, but I could create more trauma by pushing you to remember. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. well, what happened between this point and that point? You know, that... That's just rekindling your trauma. How important is it to, I know this is an obvious question, but finding a path forward, a positive path forward, how do you do that? 
of a pat, a pat, from trauma? Well, from, you know, or whether it's anything. depression, whether it's anxiety, whether it's um, just whatever mental health that you're struggling. Is it go get help? Is it talking to somebody? What, what should you do? Yes. Yeah, you should talk to somebody. But I think, again, you know, it, it has to be in, a, in one's own time. I think trying to have like a template that you're supposed to follow, it's kind of like grieving in a way, right? Mm -hmm. We imagine the various steps of grieving as if there are these finite steps that a person goes through when they're grieving. But the truth of the matter is it's different for everybody. Nobody does this the same way. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a matter of where you are, what your experience is, how you process it, and to take it at that speed. Not to, don't have to push it, but it is important to have somebody to talk to about it. When COVID hit, uh, were you concerned as a physician that are we going to experience more mental health issues or are, are, is this giving us an avenue to talk about it? What was your concern um, when we went into COVID in years past? Yeah, I was hoping for an avenue to talk about it. I was hoping that there would be a chance to sort of get out there and say something positive about this horrible negative situation, but we're also all in it together. And so um, in some ways, for me, what feels like a potential positive about the pandemic is none of us didn't experience it, right? We, we were all we were All, all in, struggling we in were some all way, struggling right? We were struggling in this thing. Yeah. It, it was a challenge for all of us. And so the hopeful piece for me is there's we all have a common frame to start from. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're starting from kind of the same point. Yeah. We may be experiencing it differently. We may be having um, we may be having different kinds of reactions to it, but we kind of all are there. So I think for me, the positive thing was there's that, you know, we have that in common. Yeah. And the hope is that we will talk about it mm -hmm. and not let it just kind of get brushed under the carpet mm -hmm. and be like the 1920s where we all go to the speakeasy. Yes, yeah. and everybody pretends everything is perfect. Yeah, <laughs> pandemic? What pandemic? What pandemic? Yeah, there was never a Kids? They're not driving me crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not happening. You know, traffic? What traffic? Yeah. You know, so, so I think there's the danger of that happening. And I think there's a rush to want that to happen. We're kind of in a phase of the pandemic now where it looks like that's what we're trying to do, you know. There wasn't. There was masks. What, what ma masks? What masks? We never had masks. <laughs> yeah. You know. So, so I think that that is that is a potential danger sign. You know, let's don't rush past it. We need to be able to reflect on it and talk about it. That's that's crucial. Yeah, everything just needs to slow down a little bit. Take time and identify the things it, it, that exactly, you know exactly. uh, that you we've all learned from the past yeah, two years. Yeah, exactly. So Timothy has an, how can I get effective closure for the trauma when you respond uh, when you repressed all of the details for so long? Um, right. How do you how do you that's a good question. How do you get closure? Yeah, you, you it, it is going to take time. As Timothy's already indicated, it's taken him a long time to get to where he is now. And it takes time. And and, and I and I hear what you're asking, Timothy. It's a, it's a it's a real challenge. But it does need to be processed. It does need to be thought about and reflected on and kind of at its own pace, the pace at which you can take it and do it, you know, I don't think anybody should be pushing you or anyone into talking about their trauma or about their what they're remembering, mm -hmm. but it's important to have a, an avenue, a venue for processing it, a support group, a therapist, um, a counselor, a coach, a life coach, anybody that's going to be there to help you talk it through and process. There are lots of resources out there, and so many times people just don't know, where do I go? Where do I start? Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah there, well, there are a lot. And, and you're right. It is hard to know how to say to start and, and where to be. Uh, where to begin. Uh, somebody was talking about EMDR, um, and I can say EMDR. What is can, that? Yeah. Well, I don't know what that is. <laughs> well, right. Um, I can never remember what the EMDR stands for, but it's essentially a kind of a, a, a kind of a tactile approach to therapy where you're engaging your physical body while you're talking about trauma and thinking about it. So okay. it can be watching a series of lights, tapping, you know, tapping on somebody tapping on your hand or you doing it as a way of getting yourself physically engaged as you kind of talk about and think about the trauma and uh, yeah that's a really good technique those are those are things that can be helpful in helping somebody stay connected to themselves it's easy to dissociate mm -hmm. when thinking about trauma and mm -hmm. remembering it and a technique like that um, yeah, the eye movement reprocessing and desensitization. Thank you, Timothy. Uh, that's that, that's what the EMDR ah, stands okay. for. <laughs> so, <clears throat> right. I couldn't. I couldn't remember what. It, I couldn't remember the acronym. But um, right. But it's a way of getting your body physically engaged while you're talking about the trauma, keeping yourself grounded. Uh, tapping is a way to do it. Eye movement is a way to do it. Following a series of lights or something is one of the ways that those things are done. But it just kind of keeps you plugged into yourself so you're aware of your physical body mm -hmm. while you're doing that. Um, you know, this is something I hope that you all have gained something from um, getting some great advice from Dr. Taylor. Just, I think, it, it, even if you're listening in on this today and you're thinking, I'm just having a really rough Monday and I'm having a hard time getting through, I hope that you realize that you are not alone and that we all have to find something to get us over the hump that we are facing and get the help that you need. Talk to somebody. It can make a world of a difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Thank I am you. so glad. So we're going to keep doing this on a regular basis every other week. Dr. Taylor is going to be joining us. So uh, we should talk about it and talk about issues. If you have something that you want to talk about, um, a timely event, if you feel like there's a struggle going on, um, shoot me an email. And my email is on our website, uh, wave3.com. And um, we'll talk about these issues. Um, and I don't want anyone to feel ashamed. I don't want anyone to feel judged. This is a safe space for us to talk about things that are just kind of hard to talk about. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Thank All right. you. I'm Myra and sorry with Dr. Stephen Taylor.